0: Let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. <laughs>
1: did, I, did you say I was annoying you?
0: Yeah, you've just annoyed me before we start <laughs> recording, and now it's going to be, high episode three.
1: Uh, I annoyed you over nothing. Yeah, so it's whatever.
0: They were making this. I don't this care. Hello, and welcome to episode three of Movie Explaining to My Girlfriend. I'm your host, Connor Quinlan. I'm joined by my co host and partner, Andrea Tai. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Connor. So, this is a movie rewatch podcast where a movie nerd tests the limits of his long suffering partner's patience by forcing her to watch a movie and then listen to a variety of useless information about said movie. We're back, episode three. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Uh, last week we talked about Pulp Fiction. You have some fans.
1: Mm, I know.
0: People are, are agreeing with you in your lookalike section.
1: Yeah, and I bet you never expected that.
0: No. Like, what was the big one last week with Pulp Fiction? I'm trying um, to remember.
1: I compared Bruce Willis to um, uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin and then Costner. Someone came yeah. back and said that, that, reminded that he, they were also reminded of Michael Keaton. And you and I agree wholeheartedly.
0: These are just kind of slightly balding men. Again, I don't see any. I can see confusion when you're five.
1: Mm, but, once but that's you, the thing. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I confuse them now. I would happily sit down and watch Jack Frost now and know it's Michael Keaton and not like Bruce yeah. Willis. Do you know? Okay,
0: okay fair enough. Uh, I I got a little bit of hate. Mm. not really but just for the fact that i said i hadn't seen kill bill volume two Mm -hmm. um so yeah look i'm a massive movie fan but i have massive gaps in my knowledge that maybe through this podcast i'll start um filling in so anyway for episode three i have not filled in a gap i have very much chosen one of my favorite films we will be having a look at the social network uh Released in 2010, directed by David Fincher, written by Aaron Sorkin, starring Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield. So this is finally a film that we're covering that was released during Andrea's lifetime. Wow. The other two were, like, well, I, I was alive during uh, Pulp Fiction.
1: You were, but I don't think you were watching it at two years of age, You'd Connor.
0: You'd be surprised. You would be surprised. I definitely was listening to the soundtrack back then. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so uh, this film, now it may get spoiled again, but I think everyone knows where Mark Zuckerberg is at the moment, where his, uh, how high his profile still is. So I don't think there's anything really to spoil. Uh, so this film, for the podcast, we watched it together for the second time. The first time was during COVID and we watched it over, during lockdown, through that Netflix party thing.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: And did you like the film when you first watched it over at no. party?
1: No, but my argument is, it was during COVID, you were making me watch every single movie under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was I, fed up at that stage, and I just, I think everything was just on repeat, and I was like, no, I don't love this at all.
0: But I don't, I don't think I was making you watch every film Oh, yes, you
1: were. Well, you then, were bombarding me. Okay, this me.
0: was, this, I think this was the January 2021 20, really i think it was i thought it was
1: much earlier but maybe you're right no
0: i think it was it was that so because we went into a small lockdown you and i chose not to see each other for that month or something and uh yeah i think it was during during that that we that we watched this and yeah so you didn't like it no why was it? Can I ask, was it because you had your phone in your hand the whole time? No,
1: it was because I was watching it with my sister, who is highly critical of every oh, single yeah, movie yeah. she
0: watches. Do you know what? I'm genuinely, a, a thought about the podcast would be for your sister, Alex, for getting her to watch the films and just giving a one sentence review of the, of the films <laughs> yes. from, from now on. I think that, that might be a segment. Where,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a thought
0: I've had. Uh, so you didn't like it after the first time you watch it now I love this film okay I didn't see it in the cinema I missed it in the cinema but I remembered that Oscars year and seeing it winning uh, winning a couple of Oscars and going okay maybe I should watch this and I was blown away got it on DVD got it on Blu-ray I watch this fairly regularly you mm, know that's a bit uh, sad but okay I know I know but it's it's a massively enjoyable film for me to watch Uh now, after your second watch of the film, what is your impression of it?
1: I preferred it, definitely. Mm. Um, we'll get to it.
0: We'll get to it. So yeah. you have problems with it?
1: Well, yeah, I definitely have more problems than I do successors, so...
0: Okay, okay. Interesting. We will we'll get to it. Andrea's <laughs> holding her cards close to the chest now. Right. So instead of successes and failures, I've changed it to just hits and misses. Because... I think successes and failures just make us sound like nerds. I think I think we try to be cooler with hits and misses. But
1: you are a nerd.
0: I'm a nerd. Do you want to be thought of as a nerd? Absolutely not. There you go. So let's just change it. So hits and misses. Let's go for your first hit. Where did this film succeed?
1: So I said I liked the backstory and learning about what actually went down with Zuckerberg all those years ago because I feel like um, I only heard one side of it. So it was told pretty well. So, you know, you def- there's definitely a stigma with the movie that it's just about Facebook and the making of Facebook, but there's actually so much more to it because I didn't realise that much about, I suppose, the lawsuits behind all of it. So I think it was told very well mm-hmm. in that sense.
0: Well, I'll, so I'm, I'm going to skip down to my third, third hit here because it's going to address a little bit of that because um, I completely agree. A lot of the facts in the film are made up. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I didn't know that. So, like, the girl uh, played by Rooney Mara, you know, did she really exist? I don't think so. I think Mark Zuckerberg said she doesn't exist, and she's mm-hmm. very much the reason within the film why he was driven to make Facebook and become a success and everything, yeah. you know? I'm pretty sure she's made up. Okay. There's a few facts along the way that I, I look at it and go, I don't think that happened.
1: Oh, yeah, it's definitely been you know, altered as such, mm. but just the lawsuit itself, yeah. I wasn't really familiar with. Oh, you
0: didn't know anything So about
1: I just, I had heard about it, but I felt it was told very yeah. well within yeah. the story.
0: I think as well, so Aaron Sorkin, who wrote this, I've, I've loved him for years, way back to West Wing days. Uh, he has the skill of taking, taking a film, or taking a story about a person, and making up facts to get closer to the truth so mm-hmm. he'll look at the character of Zuckerberg and going why is he like that and it's not just interesting enough to put that character on the screen and say oh he's like that just accept it you need something kind of tangible to mm. relate it to and he just chose making up this girl that he felt scorned by you know yeah um, which I think was great when we're watching um, a film for a future podcast Steve Jobs mm-hmm. which I, I absolutely love Steve Jobs and it's the same writer he, he would make up these scenarios between uh, Steve Jobs and people in his life. And one of the actors, or sorry, one of the real life people came up to him after the premiere and said, Oh, that scene between me and Steve, it never happened, but it's 100% true. Oh. So he's got the skill of getting to the truth by making up facts. Oh, wow. So I, I'm a big fan of him. Right, go for your second hit.
1: Okay, so my second only second i don't have a third hit oh, come on um is that i liked the casting of zuckerberg mm. and it's funny because i initially didn't i was so agitated by him but on a second watch i'm going oh i'm meant to be agitated mm. by him and i think jesse eisenberg actually just nailed the role but i was watching it being like why do i want to smack him like the yeah. whole time i did not want him on the screen but i think we're meant to dislike him do you know so yeah. i think on a secondary watch i was like oh yeah no it's
0: really good this
1: yeah. is actually good do you know
0: uh, so I'll uh, since that you're done with your hits, I'll just go through my other three go for quickly. Isaburg, I had him mm-hmm. for sure, uh, and it, it's interesting. He doesn't really do an impression mm-hmm. of Mark Zuckerberg, but it, it, it does feel like him. You know, yeah. he, he definitely is doing something different. I think Jesse Eisenberg gets a lot of slack for just being this neurotic kind of mm-hmm. uh, almost Woody Allen esque actor, but I think he is doing something specific here and I've got a one fact about him coming up later that might uh, inform his performance a little bit more uh, my number one hit actually that I'm just only getting to now is the director-writer combo mm-hmm. so like Aaron Sorkin is a fantastic writer and he, but he, he writes very, fairly um, straightforward stories about real life events or uh, or ha- how he believes the world should be and all this kind of thing. But getting David Fincher, who he directed Seven, he directed Fight Club, he directed Gone Girl, mm. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. He does like these dark, dark thrillers. Mm. And getting him in to make this film like a thriller was was genius. And it's, it's, it's just got this uh, atmosphere the whole way through that you don't see in most kind of biopics. You know?
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Um, so I just love how the two of them work work together uh, and my other hit is was actually the score okay it's got this it's it's a world famous score now uh, that that one and i'll get to some of its um achievements later but it was just so cool it's written by uh trent Reznor and atticus ross and these guys were in the band nine inch nails Mhm. Do you ever hear that? No. Okay. Do you ever hear that Johnny Cash, Cash song Hurt? Yes. Yeah. So, it was originally a 9 inch nails song.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, know that. There
0: you go. And they're like heavy metal? Would they be heavy metal? I don't know. It's not my genre to be honest. Yeah. But uh anyway, soundtrack brilliant. Right. Misses. Go for your first miss.
1: Um, so the whole like Army Hammer being being cast as a twin just annoyed me. I was like, just get a set of twins. Um, now maybe it's because it's it's him and it's aged badly and whatnot, hmm. but I just kind of I, I wasn't for it. And there was moments where I felt the CGI wasn't great, and it was really obvious that they weren't twins. And maybe that's coming from like an editor point of view. But I just had moments where I was like, "Oh gosh, this
0: is bothering well, me." Well, it's lot. funny. It was only on this watch that I was properly looking for the seams in mm-hmm. the CGI. You know, and and it, it, they are there
1: for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, it's obvious. Um,
0: it's it's quite obvious, but i thought army hammer was, was great in it um i do have a miss here mm. including just his presence being in the film yeah um i also in under the same miss it, the film was produced by kevin spacey oh, so was it? yeah i i think i tried to distract you when the credits were coming up at the start for his oh, name yeah. just be like oh don't don't notice that don't let that ruin the film yeah yeah but yeah he was um he was one of the producers of it but yeah, Army Hammer, the CGI. So the other actor, there, there was another actor, Josh Pence,
1: mm-hmm. playing
0: the other twin that they okay. were then CG, CGIing Army Hammer too. And I don't know how much of a role he was promised. I don't know where they're going to actually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Phew, I don't know. Try to do some kind of motion capture for him, him or okay, not. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, may, maybe I don't know. I think Army Hammer did it really well.
1: Yeah, he did. But so, now knowing. The facts about army hammer yeah. i was watching it going this has not aged well the <laughs> yeah, whole time yeah, sure. and i was just thinking about what he was thinking
0: supposedly army hammer is currently in somewhere like the cayman islands or something and he's selling timeshares that's okay. the rumor going around now which oh,
1: jesus who left him on an island i know
0: um okay go for your second miss
1: Um, So, my second miss, and I hate saying this because I love Justin Timberlake, but I really didn't like him as Sean Parker. Okay, you're wrong. And the reason I think I didn't like him is he uh, he reminded me of his character in Friends of Benefits. (laughs) And I was kind of, the whole time I was kind of going, oh, is he not a good actor? I was like kind of confused as to whether or not I thought he was a good actor because he was playing it so similarly or something. Even though the characters are completely different, I was like, why am I reminded of this
0: movie a lot? Yeah, I think you're wrong. I think he was brilliant in it. Mm -hmm, Fair enough. Uh, Like, he plays the the least likable character in the film. Yeah. You know, on purpose. So you didn't like him... Yeah. ...because of that, maybe?
1: I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's because I like him so much in... Friends of Benefits, but at the same time... I <laughs> Friends was of like,
0: Benefits, future episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, I just didn't enjoy his presence. I was like, oh, I would have picked someone else for this role.
0: Okay. Well, no, I, 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 I do disagree with you. Uh, Justin Timberlake, by the way, a great little fact about him. He was originally uh, one of the casting choices to play Two-Face in The Dark Knight. Okay. Or Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight. That didn't happen, thank God. But, no, I, th- I thought he was great in it. Okay. Um, I'll go for my second miss. The female characters were written bad. Like, mm-hmm. really badly. Uh, you've got Rooney Mara now. She has a brilliant scene at the start. Mm-hmm. And her character is kind of pivotal to the whole film. But, you know, she's not in it that much. You've got... What was the girl's name who goes out with Andrew Garfield in it and then...
1: I can't remember.
0: Yeah, anyway, she goes out... All, all she does is have sex with him in a bathroom
1: mm-hmm. stall.
0: And then they're going out and then she's suddenly crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, it's,
1: But it, I think... I wonder, are they trying to show it from zuckerberg's view in the sense that he was like up and coming he was getting all of this money i think he they was were sleazy. showing it
0: i think they were showing it from a college boys point of view
1: yeah kind of a, just, a college nerd nearly as well because i feel yeah. like because of the way that whole scene actually happened and was carried out you can there's just something about it that wouldn't yeah. happen if you were just a regular yeah. guy <laughs>
0: well we are seeing the film from the point of view of uh Andrew Garfield's character and the, yes. the twins, we're because we're hearing it through the um, yeah, depositions. Through, yeah, so maybe, maybe that we have to take into account that they're unreliable narrators. But you yeah. have to just still say, you know, those two characters that, and then Rashida Jones—they're really the only mm-hmm. characters in the whole female characters in the whole yeah. film. So it's it, it's a bit of a letdown. But
1: I disagree because I feel like because Zuckerberg is so antisocial and kind of a nerd. Mm it would have been a bit weird nearly having all of these strong female characters side by side with him because i don't feel he had well maybe i'm completely they'll dominate.
0: like will kind of like
1: yeah like i doubt he actually had many female friends if he was that nerdy like yeah. you know i'm not i don't mean to stigmatize yeah, no, sure, but sure
0: sure i ju- i think i would just i liked them to be written a bit better that's mm-hmm. all Uh, go for I'm out of my misses now so you go for the rest
1: why not Um, my third and final miss is you know the scene where they're in the club and I said this to you already I hate that you can't hear them properly it really does my head in now it's funny because if we were to watch another scene where you know you're in a club or whatever and you can hear them too perfectly, I really do criticise that as well. Because I'm like, you can't hear someone that well in a so club. So this
0: is a scene between, between Jesse Eisenberg, Justin, and Justin Timberlake, and yeah. he tells the whole story about Victoria's Secret. Yes.
1: And look, it was done well in the sense that that's exactly what it would sound like if you were in a club. Mm-hmm. But for viewers who are just as yeah. deaf as I am, I, I honestly was like, I have no idea what they're talking about. And I couldn't
0: grasp it. That scene's going to be coming up in a later category. So... Oh god! Okay. I won't say anything yet. <laughs> so that's our hits and misses. So we go on to Connor's movie splaying movie splaining corner. Mm-hmm. You know, movie splaining is a really hard word to say, and it's a real pity that's in it's in the title. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, Connor's movie splaining corner. These are the facts that I fully believe are vital to know. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Jesse Eisenberg has OCD. Oh wow! And he, he said in an interview how you know to dealing with ocd he's had to train himself to have a speech pattern that's kind of more uh i don't know how to say it, more flowy you know yeah and this speech pattern in the film is closer to what he uh, is really like Oh, wow. so he said one of the hardest parts was to stop all the uh stop trying to change how he how he speaks yeah compared to how he has been for years you know so Uh, he just kind of allowed himself to be a little bit more himself I like that isn't it this is that interesting Uh, two Zuckerberg the real life Zuckerberg having watched the film said the only thing it got right was his clothing
1: oh wow yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, number three I heard this in an interview years ago Jesse Eisenberg tried to meet Zuckerberg so David Fincher the director was, was pretty much forbade every single actor from going and meeting their Real life counterparts, mm-hmm. but a couple of them broke the rules. Of course. Um, so Eisenberg tried to go meet Zuckerberg. Drove up to the Facebook compound. Apparently, said on the phone who he was, why he wanted to meet him, and wasn't allowed in. Okay. So they they didn't meet at that point. Okay. Um, Justin Timberlake for the role. So he was playing a character a lot younger than him, mm-hmm. and he lost a load of weight to play the role because he was told losing 10 pounds or something
1: mm-hmm.
0: will make you look younger
1: wow what are you just meant to be
0: like a college student no he's supposed to be older he's supposed to be i think he's supposed to be late 20s
1: gosh i would have put him as that though
0: in the film yeah, yeah. and i think he was in his 30s oh my so. gosh
1: i would have put him in his 20s genuinely
0: yeah uh, sean parker yeah you definitely get the feeling he's supposed to be older than, than
1: oh the yeah than the guys Yeah, yeah yeah for uh, sure
0: yeah Or I just thought of another female character, Dakota Johnson, Mm -hmm. uh, in that scene. And she had a good scene. She did. To be fair, but a one-dimensional character. Uh, Number five. So David Fincher, the director, is famous for taking 60 takes per scene. 60 takes per scene. Per shot, I think, actually. uh, To get the take right. So he... And has annoyed actors for years. Robert Downey Jr. on Zodiac, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can tell from the MCU. Robert Downey Jr. likes to improvise and likes to do the. Oh, for sure, yeah. But David Fincher likes to do it over and over again until you get it absolutely. You specific.
1: told me that before. Yeah. That would drive me
0: mad, crazy, right? Yeah. Um, number six, Andrew Garfield was originally asked to audition for Zuckerberg. Oh. But David Fincher said that he, it. Andrew Garfield was so good at wearing his heart on his sleeve. I think that's what was said. Yeah, that, and it, we it's love so Andrew true. Garfield. We love Andrew Garfield yeah. so much. Um, he's such a good actor, and yeah, I think it was. It's definitely suited better.
1: Yeah, no, I can't. I cannot even begin to see that.
0: Yeah, and it's mad. He in this film, he's a nerd, but he's kind of cool as well. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's just interesting. Uh, Max Minghella, you know that actor who he plays the. Um, I think the car- the real-life guy's name is Divya Narendra.
1: Okay, go on. So he's
0: the guy who uh, was with the twins, with the...
1: Yes, w- yes, Winkowas I do remember him.
0: Twins. So he, uh, he met the real-life guy as well. So apparently Army Hammer and Josh Pence, the guy playing the other twin, they ran into the real-life uh, Divya Narendra and said, oh, come meet Max Miguel and went, brought him to him. Max Miguel was putting a lot of effort into making his personality, making his gestures just like the guy. So the twins, or the non-twins, told the real-life guy to speak in an Indian accent when he met him. What? <laughs> so that Max Miguel would freak out going, wait, this guy has an in- oh, Indian accent. Oh, that's
1: so funny. <laughs> and he oh freaked my God. out,
0: and then they came clean. But that's brilliant. It's, a, it's just a good story. Uh, so the script was 178 pages long.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay generally the rule of thumb with film scripts it's one minute per page okay so that would have put the film at three hours on yeah the producers were like said to aaron sorkin you have to cut 30 pages but david fincher said no i'm pretty sure if if we shoot it the way aaron sorkin is imagining all the dialogue it's going to be under two hours so he got aaron sorkin to come over to his office or they met somewhere and he said right read the script start to finish and I'll time it. Oh my
1: God. And he,
0: so he read it, how he imagined all the dialogues spoken and it was under two hours that's or two incredible. hours, five, whatever it was. Wow. Um, fascinating story. See, you like these facts.
1: I, I love that one. I actually have so much admiration for it's that. Good. Like that's yeah. a lot of effort.
0: Yeah, he's known for a lot of dialogue like yeah. Aaron's working, Yeah, you know? uh, Here's the one. So right before we were, we were, we were recording, mm-hmm. uh, I watched a video mm-hmm. cause, and yeah. one that I had seen before and I just need to be reminded. So right before the Oscars that year, the yeah. year that it came out, Eisenberg was hosting SNL. In the his opening monologue, Andy Sandberg comes in portraying uh Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And it's a really he does a really good Zuckerberg. He 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 was famous for doing it back then. And then Mark Zuckerberg came in. <gasps> the real life guy. Oh my gosh. And the whole idea that's just Andrea's dog barking outside um, <laughs> the whole idea of the scene was that it was supposed to be awkward between the two of them mm-hmm. because they've done any you know Eisenberg asks Zuckerberg did he see the film and he said yeah it's, it was interesting and that's kind of it so it was just weird but also if you want to watch that and just realise how bad an actor Mark Zuckerberg would have been it's quite funny
1: oh my gosh I can't wait to watch that
0: uh, what do you think this film has on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: I want to say over 90%.
0: Yep, close, 96%.
1: Oh, wow, okay. Yeah,
0: pretty pretty good. Very high. And finally, the Oscars that year. So the film was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Um, who do you think beat the film to Best Picture mm-hmm. and Best Actor? So, same films.
1: I same actually film. couldn't tell you because I, no. I can't even think of the Oscars that year.
0: I think this is a famously bad call.
1: Oh, really? And it's
0: one now we watched last year, and I do like this film. It's not better than Social Network, though.
1: I wonder will I have Mm. an argument there. Go on, tell me.
0: The King's Speech.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So Colin Firth beat Jesse Eisenberg, which I don't mm. think has aged well. I think Colin Firth was so good in that film. Not as good as Jesse Eisenberg, though.
1: Oh, gosh. I actually don't know. Because, no, don't get me wrong. He was amazing, Jesse Eisenberg. But I really did think Colin Firth was amazing.
0: Like that takes. I just don't think better. How about the film? How about the film? The film, no. Okay.
1: But we, I do really think there. his performance was incredible. Yeah. Like he had a lot of work there to do to kind of perform.
0: Yeah, I don't you know, think that, that film is ever going to feature on this podcast. But. Um,
1: oh, it might. I'll have my way.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it, the, the Social Network did win three Oscars. Mm-hmm. One for the score. Yeah, uh, one for the editing and one for adapted screenplay.
1: Okay, very yeah. good. At least they got something.
0: That's it. That is the end of Connor's movie Splaining corner. Now we go into Andrea's lookalike corner. Yay! Yay.
1: <laughs> this is my favorite part, and I'm sure there's other people who are literally skipping to this part because no. it's the only good part. <laughs> skipping? No. <laughs> oh, hell oh God! Yes.
0: I hope
1: not. <laughs> um. Okay, I'll just get right into it. So. This is another, people I mixed up, I think this is going to become a feature now where every single week I'm like, so, I used to mix up, mix up these two actors, so I have another one of those oh, for you. Ca- can I guess it? Yeah, go for it.
0: Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Sarah.
1: Damn it, yeah. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> is that a really obvious one or something?
0: I think they were just the two nerds. Yeah, uh, maybe. The two nerds in the late 2000s, they're Yeah, yeah. Not sure,
1: yeah. But I, I actually do see something. There yeah, is definitely no, a similarity. Um, okay, so then moving on. So Rooney Mara reminded me of do you know Abigail Spencer? She was in um, Grey's Anatomy Suits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? So she, she reminds me of a young, kind of a younger version of her. And I also think that she okay. looks like uh, do you know Troy and Belisario? She was in Pretty Little Liars now, so you might know her. But of course she, not. She's married to Patrick Patrick J. Adams, which is actually really funny because he he's in Suits with Abigail. Oh, but Jesus. Um, it's like if the two of them had a baby.
0: Bam. What, what's Rooney her
1: name? Mara. Who? Troy and yeah. Belisario.
0: Say that three times fast.
1: Troy and Belisario, Troy and Belisario, Troy and Belisario.
0: Very well there.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, and the final one, which is kind of just, a, oh, well, they, they remind me of their parents, <laughs> um, is Dakota Johnson. So it's funny because I always think she's more like her dad, but when in her scene. Don
0: Johnson, one of. Andrea's crushes (laughs) Um,
1: that's another conversation and
0: it's Johnson now like she hasn't seen Miami Vice
1: (laughs) anyway um, yeah so I actually thought she was more like her mum in this and I think it's the lack of fringe okay I think when she has the fringe she's very like her dad
0: I always forget what Melanie Griffith looks like
1: she doesn't look like Dakota okay. but there was something about this I think it's whenever Dakota doesn't have a fringe in films she actually does look a little bit more like her mum and her okay. mannerisms are very like her okay. but overall she she is like her dad but yeah I definitely noticed it more in this movie mm. than in other ones because she didn't have the iconic fringe and I was like oh my god she really reminds me of her mum and she never does Okay, so um, yeah that's it are you happy I'm done really early that this was time. so
0: quick I'm yeah I'm so much faster one. than you I'm just going to stop talking dur- during it just try and get it quicker <laughs> Oh, uh, right movie explaining questionnaire mm-hmm. these are the 10 quick fire questions for both myself and Andrea to answer mm-hmm. so we'll go through it as quick as we can
1: mm-hmm.
0: favourite performer of the movie
1: Andrew Garfield
0: okay Andrew Andrew Garfield is brilliant Aaron Sorkin for me though the writer okay. fair enough quote to live by
1: okay I have two go on so the first one is, the inter- the internet's not written in pencil, Mark. It's written in ink. I just thought it was funny.
0: Good line, yeah.
1: And then the other one was, you know, when he's being really snarky, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's guy or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, he turns and says, you have my- part of my attention, you have the minimum amount. And I thought it was so sleazy. I was like, oh, I
0: love that. You said that to me yesterday when I was like, <laughs> talking about a film. Uh, actually, I said it to you last week when you were talking about Taylor Swift. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> We will. We will know. By the way, by the next podcast, whether Andrea got tickets to Taylor's. There
1: might not be another podcast if I don't. Uh, that's true.
0: Just smash your laptop. Um, <laughs> my favorite quote was said by Andrew Garfield when he at the end to Justin Timberlake. He says, mm-hmm. "I like standing next to you, Sean. Makes me feel tough, or makes me look tough. I can't remember which now. Aww. But I think that's a that's some good advice. If If you want to look tough, just stand next to someone weaker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's why I stand next to you.
0: Favourite scene. What? Wait, I just heard that. (laughs) Stop it. Uh, Um, Favourite scene, go for it.
1: um, My favourite scene was Andrew Garfield's monologue when they are in with their lawyers and when he's saying that he was Mark Zuckerberg's only friend. I just felt it was really sad. And it felt really real. I was like, oh.
0: Good scene. I've got three scenes. Of
1: course you do. Okay, it's
0: a toss-up between the opening with Rooney Mara Mm-hmm. The final Garfield scene where he says that line to um, mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake, I think his acting in that scene is outstanding. And mm-hmm. the dialogue is brained. Now, I'm, this is where I'm bringing up the nightclub scene, though. Because I think that is a genius scene. And the reason being, the whole thing about the sound, and I always used to notice that as well. and I remember adjusting my TV, hoping to hear it better. Yeah, The music is blaring, but there's drinks, there's girls... And Justin Timberlake is giving this motivational monologue. The reason the music is so loud and every it's so flashy and everything is because what what Sean Parker is saying in that scene means nothing. It's completely meaningless. Uh, he's full of absolute crap, and he's trying to get it. But everything else, the, that life is what Zuckerberg is is yeah. is glued to. You know, know the drinks, yeah. the girls, the music. This is it. You know so. I think that scene is genius and does exa- the best thing for the film.
1: You see, I'm going to argue with you there because I agree with what you're saying if you're looking at it from a movie nerd's <laughs> perspective. Now, think about the rest of the world for a second. Think of all those people who are going to this movie in cinema all those years ago and they can't hear anything. But I think
0: people need to... Whenever there's something that's deliberate, it's clearly deliberate, whenever there's something deliberate, people should just naturally go, why did they do that?
1: Okay, Connor. Do you know when you're always going on about, you know, escapism? When I'm in a, in the middle of a cinema or I'm watching a movie, I don't want to be going, why the hell is this happening? And I don't want to start, you know, asking questions because I'm there to escape.
0: You can just save the questions for later. <laughs> no, okay, I'm not going to. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. We're going through so slowly. Recasting the film. Uh,
1: recasting the film. Oh, I had fun with this. So, obviously, I said Michael Sarah for Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Because, but it's funny. I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't change Jesse Eisberg, though.
1: But... I am weak because earlier on you mentioned uh Andy Sandberg and I was going to say him yeah, yeah, yeah. but I ended up actually altering it and I said that he should play Eduardo
0: There's there's a similarity between Sandberg and uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield There is
1: there is yeah. for sure. Um for the twins I said the Sprouse twins <laughs> because why not? Yeah,
0: they have to put on like no, 150 pounds. But, to but play they their would own, be really
1: yeah. good. No they well, Small guys,
0: they're not army hammer though, but
1: yeah, but they Thank still God. could do it.
0: <laughs> Fair point.
1: Um, and then for the character that um, Rooney Mara played, Erica, I said mm. Lizzie Kaplan because do you know oh, she's yeah, a mean yeah, girl,
0: yeah, she could play that role because I was yeah. like,
1: she's really good at playing angry exes, like, yeah. she's just always like an angry person. Yeah. I can imagine her being so angry to Zuckerberg. And then the final one for Sean Parker, I said Chris Pine
0: yeah Mm -hmm. oh I'd watch that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: oh yeah Yeah. I was going to say I wouldn't change any of the actors but actually I think I would change Mm -hmm. that brilliant oh well done I'm good Uh, at this you are good do you know who I had as well yeah Uh, I only thought of one but for Mark Zuckerberg who I think would have just done a really good job Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory who plays Sheldon oh
1: my gosh how did I not think of that
0: because like for people who have only seen him in the Big Big Bang Theory, that guy is an amazing dramatic actor.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, like, he is—he's he phenomenal, is
0: so good. So, I and you know, in that kind of same kind of Spock, uh, what you call it, kind of not feeling emotion, kind of mm-hmm. kind of way, I think he could have played. Yeah, oh, yeah. he would
1: have been amazing at yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Phone Watch. How many times were you tempted to pick up your phone throughout the film?
1: Genuinely, just during that club scene.
0: Okay, okay.
1: And now, the first time That's I watched good. it, probably way more.
0: You did a lot, yeah, yeah. But,
1: but um, second time around, yeah, just the club scene. I was getting so irritated fair by enough, it.
0: Fair enough. Uh, none for me, of course. Never. Shocking. Uh, right, this film made you want to watch what film?
1: I'll give you a while, wild guess. No. No. Friends with benefits.
0: Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, I said Steve Jobs. Okay. Uh, because I think those two Sorkin films, and both yeah. dealing with tech yeah, geniuses. Yeah,
1: they're very yeah. similar.
0: Uh, could this film be a West End musical?
1: Absolutely not. No, I never. I never. did
0: say that, you know, in this metaverse thing that um, Zuckerberg's trying to create, this online digital universe mm-hmm. thing, I'd, I'd watch the musical in that. All okay, right? And yeah. I would not be surprised if he tried to make a musical out of his life. God, um, what is the MCU connection? Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. I couldn't find any others. Yeah, but think.
1: that was... I think that's probably it. Now, maybe yeah. someone will come along and tell us else otherwise.
0: Yeah, like, Eisenberg was in DC. But um, mm-hmm. less said about that, the better. <laughs> Finally, would you... Oh, no. How many stars?
1: Uh, I said four.
0: You're so wrong.
1: No, I'm not. I could have been so much meaner.
0: You're so wrong. This is a absolute perfect film. It is so good. Whatever. Okay. Would you watch it again? Yes. How much?
1: How, how much? How many
0: more times would you watch <laughs> this film? Maybe once more. Okay. <laughs> but
1: you know what? Maybe that once more would be the thing that turns it into a five-star movie. You never maybe,
0: know. Maybe. Maybe. I want to watch this film every time I think of it.
1: That's really weird.
0: Okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, that's the end of the movies, uh, movie planning questionnaire. Smarminess meter on a scale of one to ten. How ten, smarmy ten, was ten, I? Ten, I think ten, I was a ten. ten. I think I. Can oh, we go past but ten? But I love this film. No, we can't go past <laughs> ten. But I love this film, and I couldn't wait to do this podcast. Um, so, like, yeah. literally, the facts. I didn't really need to look up facts. I, yeah knew a lot of them no finally. I'm
1: not even joking you looked like a little excited child yeah, sitting yeah, there great. the whole time um, movie so I,
0: I'm completely okay with being <laughs> a 10 on this marminess meter uh, right that's it thank you so much for listening folks that's all from us that's our third episode so we are an independent podcast and if you'd like to support and help us grow our listenership you can do it in three ways one is to follow us on Instagram Andrea is tailoring this Instagram page very well at moviesplaining to my girlfriend Please share our posts or even the podcast episodes episodes themselves. Uh, you can do that through Spotify. Uh, share them across your social media and with all your friends and family. The second way to help us is to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. And three is to go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and write a review because those reviews massively help the algorithm and it will allow us to be discovered more easily. So next week we are going to i think it was a film you're delighted with yeah Uh, and it wasn't
1: even my choice it wasn't
0: your choice we're going to give andrea a choice now for the fifth episode Mm -hmm. and she's actually chosen a very very surprising one uh but yeah this one wasn't your choice Mm -hmm. episode four but like it should have been like what it's one of the greatest rom-coms of all time uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much we should tease. Let's not, let's actually not. Just leave it, it at that. Greatest, greatest rom com of all time. Yeah. Boom. Uh, this episode was produced and edited by Andrea Tai. Our fantastic theme song was written by Dara O'Brien and performed by Dara O'Brien and Kathleen Gardner. That is all. Anything left to say?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Social network, go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye.
1: Bye.